Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Football Furioso. We are knee deep in the international break, so there's no club matches until next week, but there was ton of movement in the transfer window. So what does that mean? We gotta talk about it. As usual, to my left hand side, Nolan the wing back as he is on the pitch to my left hand side. Yes. Always making the run. Always overlapping Trying. and always ready to get into the box and be a threat. Someone's got to do it. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. But anyway, uh, we're going to take the time today to kind of discuss a few of the transfers that have gone down in the Premier League and mm-hmm. beyond that are beginning to take shape as we finally got our first few matches to see how some of these transfers have been shaping out. And, you know, Nolan, I want to off the rip start with Chelsea. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I want to start with Chelsea is because I'm getting cooked. I, the reason why I'm starting with Chelsea is because not only have they spent by far the most amount of money uh on the most amount of players in the past couple of seasons, they have also gotten off to the most mediocre start of all of the big 6 clubs. And, you know, when we look at this list, we look at uh, Axel uh, DeSassi from Monaco coming in at about 40 million pounds, Nicholas Jackson at about 30 million, Christopher Nkuku, 52 million, Robertson Sanchez, or Robert Sanchez from Brighton at 25 million, Moises Caicedo at 115 million. This is also the season after you spent an ungodly amount of money on Mikhailo Mudrik, another uh, multi hundred another hundred million dollar deal. Um this this is just so so ridiculous. Oh, I didn't even forgot to talk about Lavia yep. coming in for another 60 million pounds. And That's, Cole Palmer. Yeah. And Cole Palmer coming in, Massachusetts City 42 million pounds. I mean this is an absurd amount of money for any club to spend on this many players. We all have seen rebuilds Mm -hmm. in many clubs, in many different sports, but there's something about this that just feels obscene. Yeah. It's it's starting to get to the point of you almost don't know what they're doing. You're almost getting confused by what they're doing. I, I can't imagine how the players feel. You're just kind yeah. of bringing players in. I mean, they, they're they paid to play. So naturally, you know, they're getting the money. They have to figure it out. But, I mean, when you bring players in with this, I mean, they're almost resetting the market of, of EPO midfielders with both Lavia and Moises Caicedo. Um, you bring in players that are kind of in similar positions. But I think the most intriguing part of this is Nkuku's already hurt. Where's the strikers? Exactly. Who's going to score the goals? Exactly. They already they they bring in Nkuku, who's hurt already, mm-hmm. fifty two million, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you have certain players that are just not getting good grades so far. You look at it overall, and you're saying they spent all this money and they're getting almost zero return. Like, yeah, Raheem Sterling has been the best player for them so far, <laughs> and he is thirty. And but anyway, I mean, you look at the players they got rid of: Kai Havertz, Mateo Kovacic, Ruben Loftus Cheek, Mason Mount, Kristen Pulisic, Romelu Lukaku, Hudson Ndoy, Ethan Mpadu, Kaladu uh, Koulibaly, Edward Mendy, Aubameyang, Aspilicueta, Angolo Conte, like Bakayoko. Mm-hmm. Like you look, I mean, they cleaned house. Kepa is on loan Kepa, yep. uh, to, for Real Madrid. Hakim Ziyech is on loan. It, 
They got rid of the whole team. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's one of those things where I don't actually think the spending is over. They're going to go into the next window, still 12th in the league, <laughs> and think, all right, got to spend more money. I, it, it, it just, it's, it's ridiculous. It's disgusting. And I, I'm going to be honest. Um, I don't know how long the experiment lasts because, you know, Todd Bowley is still a businessman and he's going to want to, at some point, see a return on that investment. And if they can't get back in the Champions League and if they can't start winning some tournaments and if they can't, you know, get those big check, you know, those big checks from playing on those European nights, this becomes cost prohibitive. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm just floored at the amount of money they spent. But anyway, uh, moving forward, we're going to talk about a few more of the big moves in the uh, Premier League that have happened over the past transfer window. Going to Arsenal, David Raya coming in on loan, Kai Havertz, controversial signing Kai Havertz so far. Mm -hmm. Declan Rice, the very opposite of a controversial uh, signing. And Jurian Timber, the uh, primary players coming in for Arsenal. We haven't got a chance to see Raya, uh, but we have seen the other three. Uh, Jurian Timber, unfortunately, in the uh, second match of the season, went down with a knee injury. He'll be out for a number of months. But what we saw was very promising. Mm-hmm. What we saw was a player that seemed tailor-made for Arteta's system. He was ready to play, ready to invert uh, and come into the midfield uh, that, you know, he likes his his sort of wide players to do. Declan Rice, same thing. Seems to be a man tailor-made for this team. Already having big moments and winning matches. And then you got Kai Havertz. <laughs> You got Kai Havertz. <laughs> I'm not one to question managers who get paid millions of dollars to make footballing decisions, uh, who have much more data than I have. But I just don't look at anything Kai Havertz has offered so far um, and can say anybody is happy with it. No. And... I think you, you see the idea, you know, they want that player that can kind of hold that ball up, get those players in behind them, um, and obviously get in the box himself. But he just lacks confidence. Yeah. And it's not – there's not much you can coach for a lack of confidence. Like, every game, you kind of start – you start thinking, hey, maybe Kai Havers is going to show today. And immediately, almost in his first touch of the tour of the ball, you look at him you say – He's not. He's not. He's not out there. They're, they're playing with ten men. He's yeah. a passenger. <laughs> yeah, for real. And it's it's kind of sad because obviously you never want to see players low on confidence. You want to see players at, at at the top of their level. But you know, in the last match against Manchester United, he has a perfect opportunity to just kind of toe poke the ball into the net, and he just whiffs it. Mm-hmm. Just completely whiffs it. I mean, like schoolyard stuff. Uh, that you see when we play with the old farts when we play. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But you don't expect a guy who is making millions of dollars a year to kick a ball around to somehow not be able to actually kick a ball. Yeah. Um, it, it was, it's really confounding. And and I won't say it's all his fault. Right. I think up until, I think the last game against United is the first time he's even able been, been able to play in the system that Arsenal is kind of known for and kind of what he probably expected playing in that eight role by having Zinchenko push, uh, push into the midfield directly behind him so he could get a little bit more forward. It just hasn't worked yet. Um, I think it's going to be really important for him to maybe get the goal 
and get the goal, you know, soon. Uh, but hopefully he takes his international break to reset his mindset, get get out there into the training ground and um and, and work on some finishing and work on that link up play because he just hasn't been there. Mm-hmm. Uh Arsenal also got rid of uh Kieran Tierney on loan. Matt Turner, the backup goalkeeper to Nottingham Forest. Granite Xhaka, longtime player, Granite Xhaka out to Bayern Leverkusen. Pablo Mari uh, also finally gone for an undisclosed amount to Italy. And a number of their youth players who are there trying to blood uh, very quickly and get them into some of the lower leagues uh, and get started. Uh, also notable, Rob Holding, one of the last signings of Arsene Wenger. Uh, now off to Crystal Palace for about a couple million pounds. Mm. Kind of sad to see Rob Holding go. Yeah. Um, you know, especially after the 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 match he had in the FA Cup against Chelsea, uh, where he had a master class against <laughs> Diego Costa. Yes. Um, but say la vie. Say la vie. Moving <laughs> forward, Ashton Villa. Nolan, you said Diaby was gonna be gonna be a, a force here. Mm-hmm. You said he was going to do some things, and he's been doing things. Yep, and it's, he's there on an undisclosed amount, but whatever it is, it's been worth it. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's hit the ground running. Pau Torres also coming in from Villarreal, a player I've been very high on for a few seasons now. Uh, Yuri Tielemans on a free, and uh, Long Lay coming in from Barcelona as mm-hmm. well. You know, I, I just look at Villa. They, they also haven't necessarily got off to the start that I thought they would have gotten off to. Um, but I think they'll be solidly mid-table, maybe even challenging for those conference Europa Conference League spots. Uh, but, you know, I think it's solid business from a club like Villa. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Unai Emery's a good coach. He's going to have them going. Um, Bournemouth, the one thing I want to say, you sign Max Ahrens and Justin Clivert, sure. Yeah. <laughs> not much really to report sure here. you brought in Tyler, Tyler Adams, Adams I guess it's called soccer more power to you hope you stay up yeah uh Brentford again another club that hasn't necessarily brought in a ton of players they did bring in Nathan Collins from Wolves for about 25 million pounds he's been all right but all in all, the Brentford you know and love is still the Brentford that exists there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're still missing the star striker. But Mbwemo has been stepping up and become the main man at Brentford, and he's been pulling uh, at least points out of the, the clutches of victory for mm-hmm. quite a bit. And I think that they do rely a lot on their home crowds. So I think anyone that comes in, as long as they play hard, play, you know, the way that uh, the coach wants. It's, it's a good environment to be in. Absolutely. Now, moving to Brighton. <laughs> a lot of business done by Brighton. Mm-hmm. So, first and foremost, I want to ask you this, Nolan. Ansu Fati from Barcelona to Brighton on loan. How do you feel about this move? It's one of those things where Ansu Fati, with reasons beyond his control injury, um, kind of fell out of favor with the Barcelona Um this move kind of came out of nowhere. I think it shocked a lot of people. And not, and not so much in the wow factor of he's, you know, the player going from Barcelona to Brighton. Because um, Brighton kind of plays like a big, big name team now. But I just kind of feel like if he can get going, th- they might have something here. Yeah. And I just think that it's something that could be good for him, especially playing with Matoma there. I think he'll be able to get free, and that's dangerous. It is dangerous. I, I just find it very interesting, you know, because you said something 
that I think a, a lot of people have not been saying, which is at what point do you need to start considering certain clubs, big clubs, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying Brighton are there yet, right? But there was a moment in time when Manchester City came about, and even before the Abu Dhabi money, <laughs> they just had been playing well, getting good results, and next thing you know, they're winning Premier League championships. And you had to start calling them a big club mm-hmm. because they were starting to bring in big players. They were starting to develop big players. And I think if you got a club like Brighton who can continue to perform at this level, and if Brighton messes around and eventually wins a Premier League title within the next few seasons, right? And, and I think they I, I think they have the foundation and the talent and the scouts for talent to be able to do it. Now, they may end up being the IX of the Premier League. They mm-hmm. may end up just being a feeder club for the rest of the Premier League, and they might be okay with that. But I think that there's something happening at Brighton mm-hmm. that is very, very positive, that is very, very interesting, and it has the foundation in youth, the yes. foundation in finding young, talented players and developing them and getting them excited to play in the Premier League week after week. Yeah, and I'll even add on just a small tidbit, but I even think that is it a big transfer that's going to affect them at all? No. But in the locker room, when you bring in like a James Milner, which, you know, regardless of Liverpool and how you feel about but them. But he's, he's done it. He's, he's, been, he's seen it all, done it all. Yes. When you have that in the locker room, that not only shows like, hey, you have young players, you're trying to build them up. James Miller going there clearly shows that he likes the idea of what's going on there. So I think that's important. That's actually a very good point. Uh, Obviously, we talked uh, that they lost Alexis McAllister to Liverpool, uh, Robert Sanchez and Moises Caicedo to Chelsea, and uh, haven't missed a friggin' beat. (laughs) Not at all. Haven't missed a beat. Uh, Very quickly, we're just going to skip to uh, some other teams who have made some big moves. I want to talk about... Manchester United. Mm -hmm. Manchester United. Now, obviously, one of the big players that they were able to bring in is Mason Mount. Now, Mason Mount hasn't necessarily hit the ground, uh, hit the ground running. I'm just be honest, man. It's not looking very good. Uh, They brought in Sofian Amrabat from Fiorentina. Amrabat actually had a very good World Cup. uh, So he was uh, impressed enough. At the Manchester United front, Andre Onana coming in from Inter, who we've already seen quite a bit of. And Rasmus uh, Hoyland, Mm -hmm. who I thought impressed in his uh, sort of cameo appearance against Arsenal last week. I thought he was very physical Mm -hmm. and very impressive in that match for the little bit that we got to see him. So they may have a player on their hands, Mm -hmm. but... Are you seeing the, any of these players? If you if you to say, man, I look at that player and I go, Manchester United. Because there's a certain prestige still with that name. Mm-hmm. This is still the same jersey of, you know, of, of Rooney, of Patrice Evra, of, you know, Zlatan. Right. <laughs> you Literally. know? Yeah. yeah. Ronaldo. You know, and, and that's, the, that's the problem. There isn't anyone right now on that team, especially with these transfers and Rashford's um, the only one. Exactly. Um, in my opinion. Yeah. And he, he, he even, he kind of looks a little disdained. Yeah. <laughs> with yeah. current form naturally, but no, I look at it. Um, Ozzy Onana has the talent. 
You know, will, mm-hmm. will it, you know, go, takes goalkeepers a little while, you know, especially working with back lines, things mm-hmm. like that. But you look at Mason Mount. I mean, there has been so many moments, 60 million pounds. He can he can kind of do the front part. But when it comes to tracking back on defense, I think that that has been their Achilles heel is the midfield not tracking back with Fernandez. So I think if you can't come back, especially with in a Premier League that plays so front foot now, they're, they're playing the balls through, they're playing over the head. Not being able to track back on defense is something you have to be able to do. So I just don't see any of those names where I say that. Hosling, like you said, looked very good, though. Good hold-up play, was able to kind of back into defenders. He made that run in the box for Rashford. You can kind of say maybe missed him on that one run, but not really. But I think Hojland could be a bright spot for him. That gives him energy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and moving on to two other clubs that I think, I don't want to necessarily call them surprise signings, but I want to say potentially some of the most effective signings of the season. Uh, I think you got to talk about James Madison at Leicester, or James Madison at Tottenham coming from Leicester. And you got to talk about James Ward-Prowse at West Ham. These two teams are flying. Mm-hmm. And those two players are a big part of why. Um, James Madison, you know, last week we talked a lot about him uh, on the show and what he means, I think, to this, this, this Spurs side. And, you know, for me, I just look at, you know me. You know where I play on the pitch. I, I'm a creative midfielder, so I got a lot of love for creative midfielders. Mm-hmm. And I look at James Madison, and I go, that kid, he got it all. And yep. he's finally on a team that has the talent and I think the drive that can match his. And I think if if you're not careful, this Spurs side is going to pick some points off some big clubs if they're not careful. Yeah, and I think to add on, two goals and two assists, and they're only in the fourth match week. Mm-hmm. So he keeps up at this pace. You know, he, if he can get a 10-goal, 10, 10 assists, that's money well. Fantastic. Uh, for 40 million? For 40 million, yeah. Can't ask for more. Can't ask for more. And, you know, I look at the same with Ward Prowse. I mean, Ward Prowse has a goal and assist already. Mm-hmm. But what I like about him is just his – calmness in the midfield and just the veteran presence that he brings to West Ham. And don't get me wrong, it's not that West Ham doesn't have uh, a veterans already, but I think when you lose Declan Rice, I mean, a talismanic player, a player you were thinking about building your entire club around, you lose him to Arsenal, but you're able to bring in Mohamed Kudus, which is a plan for the future, mm-hmm. and James Ward-Prowse, and uh, Edson Alvarez from from Ajax, and now all of a sudden, you in the not just the top half of the table, you in the top, top four. four. Yeah, and they looking good and looking good. And so you know, again, I think they have haven't they haven't had the toughest schedule in the world. So we will see when they go up against the Arsenal's and the Manchester Uniteds and the so on and so forth. But uh, West Ham look very good, and they look a yes. dangerous side. Nothing. You know, those signings, uh, we haven't seen Kudus quite yet, but uh, Alvarez and Ward, Prowse for sure, have already played a uh, a role in that. But we know we couldn't get to every single signing, but we are going to just hold up for a little bit and talk about some of the signings that have taken place elsewhere in the world of European football. So stick around. We got more coming up on Football Furiosa. Everybody, and welcome back 
Washington football furioso, the transfer window special, as Nola calls it, the yellow episode. Yes. And because other outlets like to brand their transfer news with yellow for some reason. <laughs> uh, so we will call these the yellow episodes uh, as we talk about the top transfers that have taken place, not just in the Premier League, but also across all of world football, the big transfers, you know, we're not going to be talking about so-and-so who's transferred from backwater FC to sidewalk sporting. Right. Uh, but <laughs> Nolan, mm-hmm. you know how many transfers have gone to Saudi Arabia? I'm going to, you can't even ballpark it. I'm just going to say 15 more 20 more 30. Around there. There's <laughs> a lot of transfers, man. It's a lot of players that have gone to the 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 uh the Saudi uh, Pro League, man. Uh, it, it's really, really quite staggering. Uh it, it, they have a fund of about six hundred and twenty billion dollars that comes from the PIF from uh, the basically is funded directly by the Saudi uh, crown prince. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they can spend all the money in the world. Yeah. Let me name off some of the names that have gone to Saudi Arabia. Since this is a, tra- this is a yellow episode. We got to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Kareem Benzema, N'Golo Kante, Ruben Nevish, Kaladu Koulibaly, Edward Mendy, Steven Gerrard as a manager, Ma- Marcelo Bronzovic, uh, Jota from Celtic, uh, Roberto Firmino, Serge Milinkovic Savage, Seko Fofana, Alex Telles, Malcolm, Jordan Henderson, Musa Dembele, Riyad Mahrez, Alan St. Maximon, Fabinho, Sadio Mane, Frank Kessier, Neymar, Yassine Bono, Alexander Mitrovic, Amrit Laporte, Gigi Wijnaldum. And it's not over yet. Because their transfer window doesn't close for another two weeks. Mm-hmm. Now, currently, right now, rumors are saying that uh, Yannick Carrasco from Atletico Madrid uh, could be going over uh, for about $15 million. He could be going to the side Al-Shabaab. This wouldn't be his first rodeo with this kind of thing. He went to the Chinese League. He's a mercenary. He'll oh, go yeah. wherever the money is. Uh, and, <laughs> and also, another big name, Paul Pogba. Thinking about going from Juventus to Al Hali, but the biggest of names, Mohamed mm-hmm. Salah, yes, currently being tipped. They are saying a one hundred and fifty million dollar bid is on the flow. Oof. I'm going to be honest. I don't think he takes it. Me either. I think that Mo Salah is. A player's player. He he loves the game. Yeah. And I think that he's someone that players like to not only play with but against. Yeah. I just think that him going over there, will he I feel like he's a player that will lose that drive a little bit. I it might sound crazy, but I don't know, man. I mean Mohammed Salah, here's here's the thing. In in the in the Arab world and in the Muslim world, Mohammed Salah is a larger than sports figure. Mm-hmm. And and I think a lot of times 
we forget about that. We forget about how other players are perceived in other parts of the world because let's be honest, our view is very Amero and very Eurocentric. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of don't know how much certain players mean in other parts of the world. People love DDA Drogba and don't understand that he's an actual like war hero in the Ivory Coast. He's like literally a larger than life person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for Salah, he is that for many, many fans in the Middle East. And so, you know, for, for Saudi to come in and to say, you know, you are arguably the greatest, you know, Arab talent in world football, why would you not want to come play here? You know, so I think that that's a big part of it. The reason why I think he doesn't is I think because he knows his legacy is Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like many of these other players, I don't think they have that attachment to those things. Even Jordan Henderson, who I used to call default player. Yeah. I mean, he literally is the most regular man. Yeah, he'd be AI. The most, yeah, the most regular footballer. Um, you know, I, I even he was captain, but I don't think his legacy is Liverpool. Right. Right. Mo Salah's legacy is deeply interwoven into the Liverpool mythos now. Mm -hmm. And I think if he were to take that money and leave, um, I think a lot of, I think a lot of Liverpool fans would be upset with him. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I completely agree with you. I just think that what he, I think that he loves that. I think that he loves being that person for Liverpool. I think, you know, his chant, everything about it. Yeah is deeply enwound in in their culture now. Yeah. That Mo Salah chain scores goals still to this day, just scored uh, this past week, match week. So I yeah, don't think he'll go like either. Klopp. Mm-hmm. Like, we knew Klopp was a great coach at Dortmund, and we knew that he would come to Liverpool and be dynamic and do great things. But I think at this point, Jurgen Klopp will become like a like an Arsene Wenger-like figure yes. at Liverpool to where it's like, nah, man, he is the club. Yep. And I think Mo Salah is that in player form. Mm-hmm. You know, he is the club. Um, and so I, I really hope he doesn't leave. I hope he stays at Liverpool because yeah. I just think he means way too much to those players. But other big transfers happening in world football. Nolan, what are some of the big transfers that have happened in some of the other big leagues across the continent? Um, yeah, so we definitely have a few that actually happened quite late. Um, Kolomuani. Yeah, uh, has just transferred um, over to PSG. I think that he really wanted that one to uh, kind of go through. He was even holding out um, in certain camps. If you are, if you black and <laughs> you speak French, yes, just go play at PSG. Honestly, like that's what it's looking like right now. <laughs> Pretty much, he was even holding out for it. So. Yeah, <laughs> that seems like the uh, biggest ones. Um, some of the bigger ones, even though they're kind of tied to the EPL, but uh, Jeremy Doku mm-hmm. uh, was a big sign. Uh, from Renee, uh, obviously Harry Kane going to Bayern going Munich. Going to Bayern Munich and banging them in, banging them in, banging them in, doing what he do. But we will see, we will see if Spursiness is a contagious uh, disease. Yes, we will see. Yes, because uh, right now it doesn't look like it, but it's very early in the game. Yes, so we will see. Also, uh, Sergio Ramos going to Sevilla. Mm-hmm. That's a big interesting, one. <laughs> <laughs> right? And um, of course, we got to finish it off at least with the top transfer, the biggest of them all. It seems like right now, Drew Bellingham, 
Um, obviously, it's been ha it's happened a while ago now, but <laughs> I mean, it's worth every penny. Mm -hmm. Every penny. I mean, he done already won about four five matches for them. Literally, on literally his own. on his own. <laughs> And it's, it's 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 insane. What a player! And the thing that I the thing that I love about Jude, and I'm gonna just say this, is he's already ebbing and flowing that very thin line between humility and arrogance. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really tough for a player, and and I think it's tough for black players in particular. But let me tell you something about Jude Bellingham. Anywhere in that midfield belongs to him. Yes, and knowing that he's got that talent behind him. And by the way, this is also in the season where, where Militao is going to be out for majority of the season. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, not having that extra cover behind him is noticeable, but he's playing with a freedom and with an aggression and with a dynamism that I think not a lot of number eights have the audacity to try. And mm -hmm. to do, but because his confidence is so high, he believes in himself, and he's got the skill to be able to do it. I'm gonna be honest with you. It might come home the next World Cup. I was just about to say that myself. <laughs> it might come home because him, Declan Rice. I mean, I mean, you talking about a potential midfield of Jude Bellingham, James Madison, and Declan Rice. Mm -hmm. You got Saka on the right. Yep. Rashford on the left or up the middle. Yep. It's dangerous. It might come home. I mean, can, can, you still gonna have Kane in the mix? Yep. Yeah, he'll he'll at the very least be there. He'll be around even yeah. if you got him coming off the bench. Coming off the bench, score late bangers. <laughs> he gonna be around. You know what I'm saying? You got Kyle Walker. Kyle Walker still up to speed. You got you got uh 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 Trent. Trent. Yep. They have a they have a senior squad that's pretty dangerous. Bruh. <laughs> it might come home. If that if that team can't win the World Cup, yep. bottlers. Yep. You know? I'm looking at it now. Trippier. Trippier, yeah. Still. Yeah. Chill well. They got a squad, bro. They do. They got a squad. So and I forgot Eze is a forward. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they got England is spoiled for talent right now, and Jude is right at the center of all of it. And I'm just, I'm just sad Saka couldn't convince him to come to Arsenal. I know. But all's well that ends well. He's lighting it up at Real Madrid, and um, it's, it's tough. I find it very tough to. I can't root for me at Real Madrid. There's, you know, I know. Just physically, I can't do it. But I wish nothing but the best for that kid. They got so many players I like. Mm -hmm. I love Vinicius. Love Jew. Love Chuamini. Mm -hmm. Love Kamavinga. Love uh, uh, David Alaba. They got so many players I like. They do. <laughs> it's even Modric. Yep. I love Modric. I love Modric. So great. So so such humility. Damn it. <laughs> it's so it's so hard to hate Real Madrid right now, but I have no choice but to hate them. Mm -hmm. That's just me, because you know, I spent a lot of years rooting for Barca and it just, you know, it didn't go away. But anyway, that's gonna be that for this episode of Football Furioso as we talked about some of the biggest transfers in the Premier League and beyond. Nolan, as usual, you get the last word. Um, 
very busy transfer window, lots of money spent, but almost a quarter of it was spent by Chelsea alone. <laughs> With nothing to show for it. What a sad state of affairs. Soccer at the speed of sound, football furioso. We'll see you all next week.